right now companies working too much focusing their work developing the teams without working on the collaboration between the teams on managing dependencies between the teams then still they observe that from customer perspective we are still late the quality is not good enough and we still receive complaints from our customers so definitely there is a need of making the next step going further and managing the end-to-end uh, flow from customer perspective. Therefore, maturity level of, uh, two is customer-driven. Welcome to the Less Matters podcast. This is a podcast not just for those people interested in large-scale Scrum. Oh, no. This is a podcast for anybody who wants to know how to make single or multi-team agile work in any product-led or project-driven organization. I'm Ben Maynard. And with over a decade of experience leading Agile in organizations both huge and small, I am uniquely placed to interview some of the best and brightest minds on topics that will help you be the best Agile practitioner you could possibly hope to be. And in this episode, we have Teodora Boseva back for episode two. In this episode, Teodora, the Kanban Explorer... God, that was bad. Uh, anyway, uh, we delve deeper into the Kanban maturity model, uncover when a customer may not actually be a customer, and also explore the effects of hiring. Like, how does it change when an organisation evolves to be more product and customer-centric? The best way to make this podcast more enjoyable for everyone is for me to get your feedback. So leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify, or say something nice about us on social media. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back, everybody. I am joined by Teodora once again. Welcome back, Teodora. Thank you, Ben. I'm happy to be here. Um, when we finished last time, you shared a brilliant anecdote with our listeners around the Kanban maturity model, and we started talking about level two, kind of seeing things end to end and the effect it had, the ongoing, I suppose, effect it had in this organization and how it shifted to conversations. So I'd like to kind of pick up that thread. And if you haven't listened to the previous episode, then like what you're doing, stop listening to this, like go back, find the previous episode, give that a listen before kind of jumping into here, because it will make a lot more sense what we're going to talk about now if you have listened to that. We talked about level two. So then we've got level two, seeing end to end. What comes before level two, Teodora? Yeah, before level two is level one, and before level one is level, z- level zero. Ah, well, there so, you go. I could have guessed that probably, couldn't I? But could you tell us <laughs> tell us a little bit about them? Let, let me explain a little bit because I jumped too quickly to level two. Uh, level zero is, uh, well, the name is oblivious. I know that... Many people don't like this word, but this name of the maturity level. But this is the case when people are not conscious yet about um, how the way they they manage their individual work, individual mm-hmm. work um, affects um, even how they feel about their job, whether they are satisfied with it uh, or not, whether they feel happy, enjoyed, etc. So uh, this is the level when uh, people when um, Sometimes companies are managing uh, individuals' work, managing okay. individual by individual. This is typical. So more like um, groups rather than teams. So collections of individuals rather than looking at the teams. Yes, yeah. we have a manager of, of a department, for example, and this manager assigns tasks person by person. Yeah. And every person is dealing with the task they have assigned individually, and they know uh, 
very little or uh, nothing about what their uh, colleagues are doing. So it's about surviving individually. (laughs) 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 Um, So, yeah, it's funny, but still there are companies that uh, have these cases and companies in which, for example, this this is also very typical when in the companies we have specialists in Mm. some subjects and there is only one guy uh, who is a specialist on this subject, and yeah. all the all the work related to this uh, to this subject uh, is done by this guy, and they are managing only their individual work. Although it seems that it's managing about individual work, we see these people, these individuals involved in different projects, different products, and we see that teams depend on this individual mm-hmm. many times in the company. So. Uh, of course, it is a matter that has to be taken into account and improved in the company. So this is material level zero, managing the work of individuals. I think that nowadays, if this happens because of the nature of the work and the organization, uh, companies uh, are really interested in improving these situations. Mm. Maturity level one is a maturity level that is very widely spread. This is team-focused organizations. Organizations... Uh, who um, have invested a lot in developing teams, effective teams, working together, making them uh, know what they do, work transparently, work together. Um, And this is a very good maturity level. The point is that if we uh, look at business and products and services that are developed in the companies uh, end-to-end from customer perspective, uh, having effective teams, uh, only teams, is not enough. And mm-hmm. when the focus is too much on developing uh, the teams, um, the companies uh, do not pay attention that uh, very in very rare cases, one team can deliver an entire product or service to the company. Typically, yeah. uh, one team has to collaborate with other teams in order to develop this uh, entire product or service. So when the companies are, fo- are working too much, uh, focusing their work on the work in developing the teams without working on the collaboration between the teams or managing dependencies between the teams, mm-hmm. um, then still they observe that um, we have invested a lot in developing our teams, but from customer perspective, we are still late, the, the quality is not good enough, and we still receive complaints from our customers. So yeah. definitely there is a need of uh, making the next step, going further, and managing the end-to-end uh, flow from customer perspective. Therefore, maturity level of uh, two is customer-driven. So we start, uh, all the teams, the entire organization starts seeing and managing work from customer perspective. And okay. So some of the shift then between the level uh, one and level two is it in level one as a as a team member I'm on a team I've got no clear line of sight to the customer outcome when you go to level two there is a clearer line of sight for how your work contributes towards a meaningful customer outcome yeah maturity level one teams at maturity level one sometimes they don't know who is the customer even because yeah. imagine uh, a core um, data team in a bank that they receive uh, many requests from different uh, areas in the bank, but in fact, they don't have any contact with the final customer. Yeah. So for them, we it is we have received this request 
and we fulfill this request. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we don't know whether this request comes uh, through a chain and the customer is maybe um, quite far <laughs> from yeah. where they are. Uh, so they, they don't necessarily understand the customer needs. So for them, the customer is the person from the other department, from the other team uh, mm. that has requested something. Yeah, I remember seeing that enacted really badly in, uh, I'll name it, when I was working at Royal Bank of Scotland. And they said we had to be customer-focused, but because lots of teams and parts of the organization weren't customer-focused because of the way the organization was structured, they would just see their customer as the person they were handing off to. But then what they found was actually they were always optimizing for the wrong wrong things because there was no guarantee that what the what the person next to you in the in the chain of events was asking for bared any resemblance to the customer need that was ultimately being met. And it just gave everyone this illusion of being customer focused. You know, I remember also when the same organization chose to be uh more product focused. And I use that inverted brackets for that. And they went and followed Prince2 product guidance when mm-hmm. the requirements document became a product. And so you had product teams that were producing requirements documents. And I just remember yeah. looking at it thinking, oh my, this is, something about this feels fundamentally wrong. And I think that when we're looking at that team level, I suppose many people will kind of empathize or maybe be in a situation now where we, particularly in the Scrum world, I think you get lots of copy and paste of Scrum teams. So you get a, a team and a product owner and a Scrum master and they copy and paste that across the organization. Mm-hmm. And But they don't understand that without having a, a well-defined product, which is meaningful from the customer's perspective, that you just end up creating little technical teams which have Scrum labels but aren't really doing what Scrum was designed to do, which is much more, I I think, much more around the at least that level two, which is really being focused on the customer and the product you're delivering. So I suppose that for level, level two then is that point where I suppose things become much more like the how how we would like things to be for an organization to be successful and kind of get us on that journey to being able to make great decisions quickly, cheaply, when needed, and adapt. Exactly. Yes. Also at maturity level to the organizations start really understanding the customer needs because mm-hmm. they all see what they are doing together. Yeah. As a team of teams. And they yeah. get this better understanding of what their customer needs, requests, and how they start talking about how we together mm-hmm. can achieve these expectations of the customers. If I was to throw a scenario out at you, you've got an organization and they, they're, they, they're at level two. And then they're looking at the way that ideas are coming in and they're looking at how they're assessing ideas or validating ideas or prioritizing and, and all of that. And they realize, Do you know what, no matter how hard they try working together, they just suck at doing it like that they, they just they haven't got any tools they've never really done it before sure they're building the relationships but they're just enthusiastic amateurs when it comes to the uh, discovery ideation validation assessment phase before stuff kind of hits to actually then say yeah we're going to invest and actually create this thing those initial stages the maturity model doesn't offer guidance around those types of say, well, no, why don't you look at, say, uh, the confidence wheel or ICE prioritization? The, the, the model and Kanban's great for highlighting there's a problem. But then where do people go then or how do people discover the filling those gaps that they've got in their knowledge and skills to make them 
suck a little bit less, say, some of that yeah. early product stuff? Yeah, following your example, because this really happens in the companies when mm. they see the end to end flow of work, they realize that they are not good at some stages. For example, following your example, we have uh, a department uh, focused on defining the specifications, and then they send these specifications to the department or to the team responsible for designing the product. Okay, then the designers, uh, the engineers, uh, just hand off their design specifications to the people who have to implement, who, who, who have to produce this product. But when they see and they start realizing um, how many defects they have, for example, or how much time they have spent on just going back and clarifying what, what you really meant in, in this part of the specifications, or when you did this design, what was your idea? Because I cannot understand it and therefore I cannot produce. So this starts helping them to see that, for example, maybe they don't have good processes for making the designs uh, correct, uh, complete, and well understood by the next stage mm-hmm. of the process, which is production or implementation or development. And this helps them um, spot where they have some weaknesses in this end-to-end chain and of course they they will have to they will know how to improve them i mean it depends whether it's engineering or development or design Mm. they will know how to improve them uh, technically but at least they will have a notion of how much we are impacted affected by failures in our processes in our development processes Reminds me of the anecdote you shared at the end of the first episode that really what we're what is being provided with all of this is a new set of eyes for people in the organization so that they can see things differently. It's still down to those individuals to be either humble well, generally speaking, humble enough to say, I don't know this and let, let let us go and find out how we can be better at doing this. Let's go and do some research or go on some training or get some recruit some new people. I mean, do you do you see that that I suppose that the the recruitment needs of an organization change as a consequence of kind of stepping up the maturity levels. <laughs> this, this would be an interesting topic to discuss with, um, with the companies. I would say yes, but I don't know whether it is like this indeed or it's because I would like it to be like this. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I I assume I would say I would I wish to see the companies really are, um, having a better uh, recruitment uh, processes mm-hmm. as a as an outcome as a result of understand getting better understanding of how they work. Mm. But um, I have not had similar conversation with any company, so I cannot say it with certainty. Uh, I mean, my my gut instinct is that. Like how could it not? In, even in, even in for some organisations, perhaps very subtle ways, you know, all of a sudden they realise, oh, let's say, let's take an engineering perspective that, oh, you know, actually we think we'd be better if we embraced some kind of more XP type practices, and they hadn't hired anybody who had experience in XP type practices before, so now they are like looking for people with some of that because they know it's a, they know it's something that might be able to help them and it works, and then they end up with more people with that type of experience. Um, I mean, one thing I've always seen is that whenever you do anything which is making things 
more end-to-end and then people realize oh hold on if we're actually going to stand a chance a fighting chance of adapting quickly but also cheaply and safely and repetitively then we're going to need to do some extra things here and there but actually it it changes the landscape of the organization and some of the people that signed up for the old organization didn't sign up for how the organization is now so some people want to leave and then when you you're going to have to hire in new people who are skillful in other areas so I, i can't help but uh, at least in my mind, imagine a, a situation where it's different, where the recruitment and the, the talent development needs or that, that element of it wouldn't subtly shift or or, 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 or sizably shift, I suppose, depending on the starting point. For sure it has an influence, for sure, the, because the entire organization changes and the understanding how they work together uh, changes so for sure it has an impact on the recruiting process yeah yeah i'm thinking about my experience with the companies and what we see in more mature companies maturity level two three um, mm-hmm. they they start when they um when they recruit new people they sometimes even show them how they work because they want to to give the candidate uh, an idea of how this company managed their work and, and yeah. how they work together. So for sure, this affects the the way they select people and also uh, uh, how people decide whether they want to join such an organization or not. Yeah, I think I think that's a really ethical way to go mm-hmm. about doing it. Yeah, I'm, I got a lot of I got in a lot of trouble at times in my career by having. Having and, and really pushing for teams to interview new teammates. Because I just, I just didn't see how it was ethical to have people who have well, one person from the team or some managers who manage the team interview someone and then have them join the team. Surely you know, if the team can figure out if they can work with a person, then they should absolutely figure out if they can work with a person. And if that person wants to work with them. I, I, I just think it's such a great way to de-risk your investment in bringing somebody new into the organization and that's, that's what we're talking about here aren't we it's just de-risking that investment um now teodora i'm just keeping on the time and whistling by i would like us to talk about the, the later levels of the maturity model in the next episode um because i think that we're still kind of still yet to hit up on those later levels one thing that's become clear to me in this episode, at least it's clear to me, and I hope it's clear to the listeners, is that I can see how that compatibility, the the different combinations of Scrum or XP and product management techniques and design thinking, whatever it may be, can work with with what what you've been explaining. So I wanted to flip the question that I was going to ask, and this will be the last question, the last big question to ask in this episode, to... Is there anything out there which is incompatible with Kanban and the maturity model? Something that is incompatible. Yeah, like some way of working or framework or approach which, you know, just isn't compatible. I think what is not compatible might be the culture, the initial culture Mm. of the companies. For example... um, if the management of an organization believes that believes in the uh, management control 
paradigm that they have to assign work and they have to manage individuals um, and that they are the only people because they have access to information, they have to make decisions. Um, this is not compatible with the company okay. model. And it's so, not compatible uh, with Kanban either. However, what we observe, because we are working uh, with lots of companies who are making the transition from the predictive management, classical management, to more hybrid or agile uh, management of product development and services, um, we see that even if companies have this culture, they are under such big pressure by the market and by the customers uh, to deliver faster and to deliver better on, on customer expectations that um, they feel like the internal conflict that we don't believe in the new paradigms, but on the other side, with our way of management, we are not relevant even and we are not competitive. So we have to do something. But um, I have seen such companies feeling this conflict, internal conflict in the management in particular because they define how a company will behave, will, will manage and what kind of practices they will adopt. Uh, so this is what, in my opinion, uh, seems incompatible. Mm. Um, otherwise, with respect to methods, models, um, we have seen uh, Kanban and the Kanban maturity model working together with companies who use project management body of knowledge, Prince2, CMMI, um, and they are absolutely compatible. But so it's the um, culture is usually the most difficult. Yeah, and you you call out specifically the managerial cultural as well, the, the managerial culture as being something which is incompatible. And I think that probably chimes with lots of people, regardless of if they are, uh, if it's this or Scrum or even you know, looking to become like a product led organization. That there is a significant shift often, which a number of managers and even experts have to go on in order to really embrace this new, this new world. Um, and that can be really hard for people, you know. And so is that one thing that will stop things dead in their tracks? There wasn't. There was something else I wanted to ask you about because as you were talking, it really tweaked something in my mind. But that the thought has escaped me for now, sadly. Um, so how about I try and rec recollect what that thought was and we wrap up this episode here and then we'll come back for our third and final episode in a second where we'll take a deeper dive on the the remaining levels of the maturity model. I have a question that I'd like to ask around around product and around how how you personally, yeah, you can put the camera maturity model to one side, but how you personally Decide what a product is or how you would help an organization decide what a product is. Again, Teodora, thank you so much for this enlightening conversation. And I look forward to welcoming you back for the third episode. Everybody, thanks for listening. And we will uh, speak to you again soon. I'm liking the applicability of the Kanban maturity model to product organizations. Yeah, I quite dig it. Now, reviews are the lifeblood of any podcast and... We would like some more, please. So I'm going to leave a gap before the recap so you can leave a review. Over to you. I can't believe he's asking for a review again. Maybe if I just leave one. Shut up. Right, so...
Oh, right. The Less Matters podcast is the best podcast for anybody interested in product and agility. There are some awesome guests and the host is sometimes a little bit annoying, but he's generally a pretty good sort and knows how to have an interesting conversation. Great. I'll click submit. Oh, five stars. I mean, you shouldn't have, but thank you. Now, here is the recap of my second conversation with Teodora Bozeva on the Kanban maturity model. Level zero is when people are not conscious about how they manage their individual work. In essence, it's a manager giving it to them. It's not a team environment, and what we find here are lots of specialists who I dare say, not their own fault, but they're probably being bottlenecks. Level one is a team-based but not customer-aligned organisation, which means that each team can really deliver something that is meaningful to the customer, at least on their own. Now, this could be when a team is just working on a single technical component and is not at all product or customer-focused, or facing. Now, level two is when you become customer-driven. We learnt that when a customer actually isn't a customer and how this can damage customer deliveries, we found that more mature organisations begin looking at dependencies between the teams and eradicating them and finding clever ways to manage them. And they're much more customer focused. Though the camp maturity model doesn't help enthusiastic amateurs in the early stages of product development, doesn't give them tools for that, but it does give them a lens and the opportunity to go and find the tools that can help them. Not just tools, but you know what I mean. We looked at how recruitment in organisation needs to change as the organisation matures, as the organisation evolves, and when we have a better understanding of the whole system end-to-end, the types of people we're going to need is going to change. And this is why perhaps people leave when we embark upon some kind of large organisational change to be more product-focused or just more customer-focused. You know, people didn't sign up for that, and maybe there's another organisation where they could be happier. And we're done. Not just done, but done done. If you listen to these recaps, let me know on LinkedIn because I like doing them, but are people listening? Until next time, I'm Ben Maynard. <laughs>